0: Thanks for joining us for this short, special edition of the Contrast Theory Podcast. While the full-length episodes will come back soon, here are some short book overviews to tide you over until then. Alright, welcome to another episode of the Shorter Contrast Theory um i once again if you want longer versions of these uh not of these specific episodes but of episodes in general we have a podcast uh you can go to citylife.church forward slash contrast theory or you can just search contrast theory in any podcast player they all have it it's all good google itunes whatever i'm here once again with dr Yuan lo who is a recurring guest on this podcast? Well, you're the only one who wanted to come on, so well this, there you go. <laughs> this is more this is more an invitation of convenience than anything else. Um, so Glad today, to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so today, today we're going to be talking about Acts, which is follow which oh, yes. is the sequel to the Book of Luke, the, the Gospel Book, of Luke, the Gospel of Luke, which we
1: just which we just talked about in a previous
0: episode. Yes, we did. So let's get dive right into it. Tell, sure. me, tell
1: me, Dr. Yuan Lo, why is this titled Acts? Um, because that's what it's about. You know, the, the, the Acts of the Apostles, as the formal title actually is, is basically just that, what, what, what the apostles did after Jesus. Um, and I, I guess they thought that Acts or, or activities or deeds was a good name because uh, that's really, you know, translated it's sort of something like deeds. Um, so, yeah. You know, it's it's that's all it is. It's a very right. descriptive name. <laughs> that's that's a lot simpler than I thought. All right.
0: Fair. Yeah, yeah, pretty fair much. enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, why? Okay, here's here's a question that has bothered me for years. Right. I, I remember I went to I went to Bible College, and it was the first time that I kind of like actually picked up on it. We, we were going mm-hmm. through the New Testament, and it it was the first time I picked up on the, on the fact that Luke and Acts aren't side by side when they are actually no. a,
1: a sequel. When it's actually a sequel. Yes. Why is yes, that? they are a direct sequel. It's really irritating. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yes, it is. <laughs> I, I, I don't actually um, know if there's an explanation. I don't know off the top of my head what, what it might be, but I, I have a, a couple of theories, um, actually just one theory, really, and that theory is just that it's a categorization issue because what you see in the New Testament, and in, in the Old Testament as well, right, is that things are not organised in chronological order. I mean, they are very roughly in the Old Testament sometimes, but generally speaking things are ordered by theme or by genre if you like. So what we have is the four Gospels because they're the four stories about Jesus. then you've got a whole bunch of letters about you know by Paul and and, and then by a few other people. And then you have the book of Revelation. And in the midst of this, because I thought about this myself right I was like, look, if I was to reorder the New Testament, where would I put? Where would I? How would I do it? And I thought if I was mm-hmm. following the genre system, there's so no good place this to put was, Acts. If
0: this was like the uh, uh, NUT or NUV, the new UN
1: version, yeah, yeah, that's
0: right. Uh, yeah, you know. how, how would you order it?
1: How would we order it? And you know, I keep looking at it and I keep going. I, I don't know where you'd put Acts. It's a really weird one because it's about the apostles. It's important, and I guess the logic of putting it before the the letters is quite quite sound, because what you do is you, you have Jesus and then you have the stories about his followers and then you have the letters by his followers. It all makes perfect sense, of course. The problem is going from John to Acts is a little awkward, like you said, because Luke is designed to be before Acts. So in my ideal <laughs> conception of the New Testament, if I were allowed to rearrange it, um, it depends on how big a change you want to make. It could be as simple as just taking John and putting it at the start of all the Gospels, um, I would actually prefer to start all the gospels off with Ma- Mark personally because it's a shorter read. It makes more. It, it's the first gospel. You know, th- there's a lot of things that make sense about that. But, so you'd go something like Mark, Matthew, John, then Luke Acts. Or, or Mark, John, Matthew, Luke acts In my perfect kind mm, of okay. not that it isn't great the way it is, of course. <laughs>
0: Are you saying that the people who compiled the Bible are wrong? Well,
1: maybe you don't. <laughs> uh, what I'm saying is they they had what I call the librarian's choice, mm. where, you know, I'm sure that many people have had this experience where you go to a library and you're looking for a particular book, uh, or, or let's say two different books on the same thing. But one might be in one section and one might be in a completely different section, because one of them might deal with some other themes or issues that are related, but you know, not necessarily the same. And so that whoever the poor librarian is who's had to kind of categorize it has gone, uh, yeah, it fits here, but it's a better fit over here. So I suspect that's what happened with Acts. Okay. Well, I, th- I think, I
0: mean, I'll have to take that answer because that's just the way it is. It's, you know, there's nothing I can do to change it at the moment. Um, maybe in the future I'll have the opportunity, but not right now. Um, we don't know. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> who knows? Who knows what will happen? Um, so... Let's get into it. What what's the point of Acts? Like, what what is the point of the book? When when the when it's, it was read out,
1: what mm-hmm. did what did Luke hope that people would mm-hmm. take from it? Good good question because there are multiple answers to this. I think uh, first of all, you know, the name is fairly descriptive. It's the Acts of the Apostles, so it, it's a sequel to what happened after Jesus. Because as we know, Luke kind of leaves us hanging. He goes, "Well, uh, go and wait, and power will you will be clothed with power from on high." Cool. Bye. See ya. Off you goes. You know, and it's kind of like, oh, okay, what happens? Like now? any, like
0: any good cliffhanger.
1: Like any good cliffhanger. You know, the original. Well, not the original, but a very early prequel, <laughs> sequel kind of situation, right? Um. So, so there's just that the, the satisfying, simple human curiosity, if you like. Um, Acts also goes to great length to show the the development and the growth of the early church. Now, Acts, um, like Luke, is written to a guy called Theophilus, and is written to, to help him understand his faith better, essentially. So it's very likely that what Luke was trying to do in writing Acts was to, to give a bit of an overview of what had happened to this point, so that people could understand where they'd come from. A- and Luke is a very interesting historian, in that he writes in a very neutral way. He doesn't try to make things overly biased. He gives kind of a fairly a reasonably Good view of all the arguments and things that go, goes on. He doesn't try to hide anything, which is very interesting, but it's also very important because we know now about questions like, you know, what do we do with Gentiles when they come into the church? I mean, we're all Gentiles right now. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, you know, that acts exists, right? Uh, or, or, you know, we know about what to do with food sacrificed to idols and things like that because these were early, um, early issues that the church faced. And so, in in showing us the full debates and arguments that surround these, not just from a one-sided perspective, but kind of trying to give us a bit more of the context of it, I think what Luke is doing is he's trying to help whoever's reading this in the first century to understand this is where we came from. These are the arguments we've had already and that we've kind of resolved. So, you know, you don't have to worry about these in the same way that you might, other arguments. Um, so that's really helpful. Um the, the the third thing, which I, I didn't mention in the Luke um, kind of session, but I should have, is that a lot of scholars argue that Luke and Acts are both a an apologetic work for Christians. So that, um, you know, Theophilus is not a Jewish name. It's a Greek name, very obviously. Um, and, and so one of the theories, a very popular theory among scholars, is that Luke Acts are written not just to Christians, obviously to Christians as well, but to, to a wider group of people to try and show them. That the early Christians were actually a good group of people who weren't here to cause trouble. You know, they followed a guy called Jesus who was innocent all the way through and got crucified, uh, even though the Romans said he was innocent. And, and all of his followers, the early Christians, don't do anything wrong. You know, they're, they're good, law-abiding citizens uh, to an extent, <laughs> as far as the laws, you know, not surrounding worship and, <laughs> and religion go. They're good, law-abiding citizens, right? So. So there's an apologetic factor to it as well, which I, I think it is, is certainly present to some extent. And finally, um, Acts is about showing what the Holy Spirit does, really. Um, Paul talks a little bit about it in places like, you know, Corinthians especially. Um, but without Acts, we would not really have a theology of the Holy Spirit. So, you know, um, some, some Pentecostal scholars call Luke the great theologian of the Holy Spirit. And I think that's a very good um, way to think about it.
0: <laughs> okay, so then let's uh, let's hear an overview. What 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 is
1: the overview of Acts as a book? What can okay. we expect? What can we expect when we go to read What it? can we expect to see? Well, signs and wonders, deeds and miracles, really. <laughs> um, Acts is broadly speaking, you can divide it into two halves. There's the Paul half, and there's well, sorry, there's the early church half, and then there's the Paul half. Um, So what we have at the very beginning is um, a kind of a a very, 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 very brief recap of where things left off in Luke. Um, The disciples are seen to be in Jerusalem, praying and doing what they do, and the Holy Spirit comes upon them. Now, it's interesting the way Luke um, kind of um, shows us this, because what happens is the Holy Spirit comes on the Jewish people first. Um, You know, uh, it's fairly clear that they're mostly uh, entirely Jewish, actually, at the start. But slowly, the Holy Spirit expands its own circles and borders until all of a sudden, everyone is able to receive the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a, I think there's quite a lot of good explanations for that. Number one, which is you don't want to throw—if you're teaching someone to swim, you don't just throw them in the deep end, right? You kind of slowly transition them out, and that seems to be what the Holy Spirit is doing, that— helps the Jewish people to transition themselves along to early Christianity, uh, if you like, and then kind of goes, hey, guess what? Gentiles are in now, bring them all in, you know, it's all good. Um, And that's where we see the shift as well. So, it it tracks the early church as they firstly receive the Holy Spirit, um, uh, encounter their first persecution um, from other Jewish people, and then from that they spread out, you know, they, they started going all around the world, um, we we follow Peter and he encounters some interesting little issues, um, and, and comes up with some questions about you know who who can we accept and who can't we accept, um, and so as as a result of this we see that um, eventually um, all people are welcome into God's kingdom. From there we pick up Paul's story and Paul you know was a a, a very devout Jew. Who had been persecuting the Christians and then has a, a, an amazing encounter with Jesus and turns his life around. Um, and he then becomes probably one of the strongest advocates for Christianity around. And he, the, the narrative then follows him and he's, um, well, broadly we, ca- we classified into three missionary journeys, although I think it's a bit of a misnomer to say that it's, it's helpful for convenience, but I don't think Paul ever thinks of himself as going on a missionary journey, right? Paul's life is mission. So. Paul goes on three big trips around most of the known world at that time. Um, and then finally, the the story ends with Paul um, returning to Jerusalem, being captured, and then sent to Rome um, under house arrest to await his trial. Uh, and that's where the story ends. We don't know what happens. We know that, uh, according to church tradition, Paul later is executed um, in the purges of Christianity around the 60s uh, same and, and dies in roughly the same period as Peter. Um, but Acts doesn't show us that. But what Acts does show is the expansion of the early church, going from a group of people, you know, in, in in an upper room in a temple in Jerusalem, to all of a sudden this movement that is spread all around the world and has hundreds and hundreds, possibly thousands, of followers. Uh, so it's a really remarkable story. Um, you know, it's a story about miracles and signs and wonders and the power of the Holy Spirit, making it really clear that. You know, um, God's, God's spirit is here to stay. Uh, and that, you know, in doing, in receiving the spirit, people now have the opportunity to, to witness to God's kingdom. I mean, that, that's why the spirit's here and through all different kinds of ways, whether it's through healing, through prophesying, through casting out demons, but also through, you know, kindness, through good acts, um, through, through helping one another. Um, and, and you know, doing doing what was right in their communities at the time. So a very, very encouraging, strengthening book, uh, especially for Pentecostals. Um, Frank Machia, I think, or is it Ken Archer, one, one of them, uh, uh, both noted Pentecostal theologians say that, you know, a lot of Pentecostal theology is read from the lens of Acts, uh, and we read the Bible with the lens of Acts first and foremost. So uh, it's a crucial book for all of us who call ourselves Pentecostals.
0: Thank you for joining us once again, you and Lo. Uh, Or I should say say Dr. Ewan Lowe Um, (laughs) that's fine (laughs) once again for anyone that wants longer form content you can join us at Contrast Theory Podcast put it in any podcast player it'll turn up Um, and we'll see you soon yeah see you next
1: time